This episode is sponsored by our friends at Fujifilm North America. Their X-Series digital cameras and lenses may just give you that creative edge you're looking for in your portraits and events. You'll find everything from 40 megapixel image quality to 40 frames per second bursts, plus unique in-camera film simulation modes and effortless usability. Click the link in the episode description to find the full range. There has never been a better time to invest in your passion, so make sure to click the link. Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. This is the Portrait System Podcast, a show that helps portrait photographers and people hoping to become one navigate the world of photography, business, money, and so much more. We totally keep it real. We share stories about the incredible ups and the very difficult downs when running a photography business. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and the point of this podcast is for you to learn actionable steps that you can take to grow your own business and also to feel inspired and empowered by the stories you hear. Hey everyone, it's Nikki Klosser here, and your Clubhouse episode this week is with your hosts, Ashley and Kevin, of course, and their guest is Ben Markham. They talked all about how he sells large prints, like very large prints, how he markets them, who is purchasing them, the price for the prints, and just everything you need to know about prints. So it's a really great episode. Let's get started with Ashley, Kevin, and Ben. Welcome everyone to the Portrait System Podcast Clubhouse Edition. My name is Kevin Conde, and I'm here with my co-host, Ashley Taylor. If you are not familiar with the portrait system, we are a portrait photography podcast that is powered by Sue Bryce. Nikki Klosser hosts our Monday episodes, and Ashley and I co-host our Clubhouse edition, which is live here on the Clubhouse app every Friday at noon Pacific, except for today. And then our episodes are released on Thursdays. You can tune in on your favorite podcast app by searching for The Portrait System. Ashley, how are you doing today? I'm great, Kevin, and I'm just so excited to be co-hosting our chat and to introduce our guest for today, Ben Markham. So welcome, Ben. Hi, thanks for having me. So when we're looking for guests, we're looking within our community to see if there's anything that catches our eye uh, that we feel that would really bring value to everyone. Um, You were actually recommended to us, and as I was looking you up, I actually remember seeing some of your posts within the group. Uh, and seeing the posts that you made about your redesign of your studio space. Um, with the entrance area being more luxurious, you know, you painted the walls, new drop ceiling and everything. Uh, and I took note of the fact that you have large portraits that are hanging in your space. And I remember going further back because of that post and seeing a wall portrait that was almost the full height of a wall. So we wanted to talk to you today about your painterly style portraits, your boudoir work, and how you approach the sale of such large pieces. So to start us off, how did you come to decide that the painterly portraits were the direction that you wanted to go with your art? Is it a style that you feel really speaks to you uh, and your artistic self? Or was it a, I bet I can really uh, sell people uh, the idea of looking like classical paintings? 
you know, it really, I, it was an organic sort of thing. Like I, I came to photography after another artistic career. And when I, when I jumped in and I picked up a camera, I didn't really have any idea what I wanted to do. So I, I think I did that thing that uh, a lot of us do when we start. And you're like, I'm, I'm going to shoot everything, you know, weddings and babies. And I think I shot candy for somebody at some point. <laughs> you know, so there, there was like everything. And, you know, then I ended up, you know, I, my previous career, I was in uh, professional theater. So I was like, you know what? I, I know headshots. I've seen them my whole life. Let's go that route. So it started there and I kind of built my confidence in my business there. Um, and then as things were going, like I, I wanted more, I wanted to stretch a little and I started and actually I stumbled across Sue on a, uh, on creative live. And I was like, well, this is a whole other, I can do this as well. And so I started going down that path and it, it, it was a lot of fiddling and fumbling around to try to figure out my voice and like not trying to mimic somebody else's. And I had started to land on where I wanted to be. And a, a fellow photographer sat me down one day and was like, man, you just got to like shoot stuff that you want to look at. And like with that simple, simple sentence, it flipped the switch in my brain. And it was like, I, I like looking at big, beautiful art so that that's what i want to do and so that's that was it it was all downhill from there <laughs> um would you say that like you are someone who's like always loved to go to museums and look at like these kind of old world paintings like has this always been something that you've been fascinated by or like yeah because it's still like one of those things where i'm like it's so unique to me personally i feel like especially in the sbe group where it's so fashion uh inspired yeah editorial kind of inspired vogue inspired and this feels so much more classical to me awesome well, and thank you and it's you know i was lucky when i was growing like i've been surrounded by the arts since i was a wee young lad uh, my mom worked at kentucky opera and so i was in theater and all of that um the where kentucky opera was located when she was there was an old Victorian mansion here in Louisville called the Brennan house, uh, which still had all of the family's furniture and portraits. It's basically a museum, um, you know, an actual house of, you know, how these folks lived. Uh, and so I was around the Brennan's art from a really young age. Like I, it was, I guess, you know, normalized for me that, Oh no, big, big pieces of portraiture can live in a, in a house. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it was more of that. And then museums, you know, followed, you know, afterwards. And, you know, I'm, I'm telling stories on myself. I'm a bit of a homebody. It can be a little bit challenging to get me out of the house. And, <laughs> Same. <thanks. laughs> I think all three of us share this. <laughs> but my, my wife is actually great at going, no, we're going out. We're going to go. So she's been really good from like all of our relationship from, you know, dragging me to music, dragging me, I make it sound like I'm you know, kicking and screaming the whole way. Uh, but, you know, going to museums and traveling to different places to see art. So you know, I have to give mad credit to her. That's awesome. I, I love that you said um, that you're used to seeing large scale portraits in the home because of the Sprennan house. Like, I think as like a business owner photographer myself, one of the hardest things for me was selling wall portraits is constantly hearing the objection. I just don't have room in my home 
for wall art. Like, I don't, it's either I don't value having a giant uh, picture in my home or that would be vain or simply there the excuse, I guess, is that there's just not enough wall space. So I'm wondering, like, how do you combat that when a potential client or an actual client, or are those objections you even still get anymore? Oh, sure. Yeah, I still absolutely get that. Uh, you know, I, I come at it a couple of different ways. You know, I mean, first off, people come into the studio and in the front room, well, all everywhere here, is, there's large pieces of art on the wall. So like, I'm, I'm trying to normalize it right out of the gate. You know, it's you, you sell what you show. So I'm mm-hmm. going to show the, the big things in big, beautiful frames and they're lit. And, and I talk to clients a lot about if you treat something special, it becomes special. So, you know, like no matter what that is, it's, you know, your childhood baseball glove or whatever, you know, it's, it, if it's special to you, it is. So if they treat their portraits like they are special, like they're important, then they're more likely to get them onto the walls. And then their family and their friends are more likely to also treat them as they're important. And really that's where the heirloom starts. So we talk about that. Um, I, I try to show you know, on my social that in, in my home, there's large pieces of art uh, that we've collected there's a large portrait of my wife hanging in our stairwell, you know, so I, I, I don't just, you know, talk the talk. I'm, I'm walking it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as far as people going, I don't have space. Pro select is a godsend being able to, if I can get people to take the photos of their walls with a eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper on it, I can show them their art on their walls and that's that's huge because you know now there now there is no oh well will it fit? It's like yes it will, and, and here's how it's going to look, and it's going to be beautiful. Um, you know, and I think it's also like I get excited about it, like, and so th- I think that excitement carries over. So it's it's a multi headed beast, but it's you know I, I think if if you really love what it is that you're creating, what you're selling, your clients are going to love it too. And I think because I present that way, I attract more clients who are excited about bigger pieces. You know, that's, that's actually an extremely interesting way of approaching it because, you know, what, what really has value in this world aside from the things that we ourselves put value on? So if you make the idea of, hey, look, this amazing huge wall piece is important and you need to view it as such then ultimately they'll end up putting that value and wanting it and desiring it, you know, something of that size. Yeah. And and I missed a part of that question because, uh, you know, people calling me like to try to ruin podcast, but, but but yeah, no, that's, that really is it. And it, and once you, for me, like once I've started breaking things down for people of, you know, if you make it important, it becomes as such people start thinking about, other things they have in their in their homes that that have that value and so then now there's a real tangible thing and so they they realize that if they can put that value on you know grandma's quilt or whatever that they that same value can be put on other things can I ask you to go into pro select a little bit cuz i feel like we don't have a ton of education 
uh, on ProSelect. And I, it's definitely a tool that I've heard, but I don't even have it, um, has like super helpful with selling wall portraits in particular. Is it something that's like intuitive to use? Do you have to like take class it? Like, do they provide education on how to use it? Like how, how does ProSelect as a tool like really influence wall art sales? I mean, the, the biggest thing, the way that it influences is that you can design, you know, um, either groupings of uh, images or one big image and put it in the client's home. And it's through a tool that they've partnered with uh, called Send My Rooms. Um, it's ProSelect is pretty intuitive to use. And at least when I purchased it a couple of years ago, like once I, I at that point, I downloaded a free trial and then one of the members of their team and I scheduled a call and they walked me through how to set up the price list, how to go through and, you know, do the culling process with clients, how to, you know, set up rooms and all of it. So it's, it's a, they're really customer friendly. That's really cool to know. Cause I think, um, Felicia Reed brought that same, uh, service up and like software up. And I know she is also very successful at selling large and wall portraits and beautiful groupings and that it really helps uh, like get her average sales so much higher than just a folio box or an album sale. So I, I love that. Like now we're hearing another person <laughs> talk about how influential that is to get their uh, wall portrait sales up. And um, another question I have is like, are you projecting the images when you show them in a reveal or how do you actually like present the images? I totally used it uh, as an excuse to buy a new 65 inch TV for the studio. So, oh, okay. Got yeah. it. <laughs> uh, so I, the, the way I work is I actually do same day reveal. Like I, I used to go back and, you know, shoot the client, send them on their way. I'd go edit and invite them back and show them 25 or 30 images. I don't do that anymore. Um, quite frankly, I'm too slow at editing and it's just not, it, it didn't you know, have a good ROI for me. <laughs> so I shoot tethered the entire time uh, with everybody. And then while they're changing and doing their final, you know, getting packed up, I do a really fast call and we go straight to my sales room I uh, do a, you know, share screen via airdrop uh, to the TV and we do it that way. Wow. Are you ever concerned like they're not going to like their images when you're doing that? Where all of a sudden like, oh, you know, you didn't get the opportunity to burn an area down or kind of hide or nip and tuck a little tiny bit. Where they're like, oh my God, I hate these images of myself when you're showing to them in completely raw, straight out camera. No, I don't. It's... um, I'm pretty good at if they go, Oh, well, like, you know, my arm looks big there. And then I go, you know, really? Okay. So I just pop it over into Photoshop real fast and give it a quick nudge and go, is that better? And they go, Oh yeah, that's great. Okay. Perfect. Um, you know, and I, I, in my consultations and things, when I'm, when I'm explaining my process and that we're going to view things the same day, I tell people, it's like, we're obviously going to be looking at the unedited images but by now you've seen my work online and it's going to be hanging all over the studio. So you're going to have a pretty good idea of what your finished product is going to look like. Naturally, if you have any concerns while we're looking through your images, 
bring them up and I'll let you know if that's something that can be taken care of in with the magic of Photoshop. And everybody's been really receptive with that and doing this way. I've never had anybody come back and go, ah, everything is just garbage juice. But <laughs> um, one thing I was wondering too, is like, how many are you narrowing it down to when you do this quick call? Cause I, I don't know about like, I guess you're a fast caller. Calling is like something that I, I like to sit on it. I need to like have a coffee, come back, <laughs> pet a cat, come Watch back. Something. Yeah, uh, it's it's a it's a laborious process for me personally. So I'm always in awe of people who can just like l- like shoot, look at their images, call. Um, so yeah, like, are you are you like showing a hundred images? Or are you sh- really showing just thirty? Like, how what is this like? I, I typically the the first go round probably around a hundred ish. Okay, and, then, and in a session total, like I I don't hit the button a lot anymore, which is you know great. So you know I maybe take you know a uh, hundred and fifty, a hundred and seventy five images total while we're working, uh, and then just go through and get rid of all the you know blinks and funny faces and things. Um, and it's sometimes like I'm showing clients images that I may not love, but they end up loving them. And so that, yeah. that's been a real um, brain tweak for me. It's, you know, because I go, well, if I don't love it, they shouldn't see it, but they respond to things differently. And ultimately my job is to send them away with things that they love. So, yeah. um, so I'm, I'm not afraid to show them things that like, if it's, if it's really bad, they're not going to see it. But if it's something where I go, eh, I know that could be better, but they're going to dig on it, I still let them see it. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm really glad you brought this up. It's something I've been experimenting with, not same day, but um, like, because I, like I said, I need a little bit of time <laughs> uh, to call my images, but kind of like next day or within 48 hours and doing reveals that where I'm showing the unretouched images, I tend to do this on personal branding shoots or with clients who I know I've either worked with a lot or I work sometimes with professional actors, models, people who are, they're hiring me for the shoot, but they're people who are used to seeing themselves a lot. So they're like, I guess, less uh, critical of themselves in a certain way. Um, And it's been going really well, but then I did it with like what you might call a more real person recently. And it was the first time in like, years where they just took the very like very very minimum order and were like and when they were looking at them all like unretouched they were like no 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 (laughs) and then when I delivered the retouched files they were like oh my gosh these are so gorgeous so I could tell that there was like a disconnect for them in seeing the unretouched versus the retouched if that makes sense and so I was just like does that ever happen to you where you're just like uh I think it would have been better had this person seen the you know the final no not yet I mean it not that it'll never happen and I, I hope it doesn't but a lot of times what'll happen like if I'm showing people images and they're just no 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 and especially if it's images that I, I look at it and go, oh, man, that's smoking. And then I'll ask him, like, okay, what in this image isn't speaking to you? There's no right or wrong answer. This just yeah. helps me, you know, be able to to get to the to what you want. And a lot of times they'll come back and be like, you know, oh, it's, you know, it's, it's human stuff that, you know, we all have. And so yeah. then we get to, you know, have the conversation of going, 
okay, so you see a thing that nobody else on the planet say, or, or what we get to talk about it. And once for lack of, and I'm going to finger quote here, like once I can talk them off a limb on something that doesn't really matter, then everything starts becoming yeses. It's not me trying to change their mind or, or hard, hard sell them, but you know, more helping them realize that the rest of the world doesn't see that thing on your face or it's, you know, the, the FedEx arrow, if you will, it's like you, you fixate on it because you know that it's there. Nobody else sees it. So everything's great. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And that's kind of what I did too. I was like, uh, what's going on here? But ultimately I didn't really get an answer. And I was surprised when I delivered like the retouched images and they were like, so thrilled, you know, because I was like, Oh man, you really gave me a heart attack there for So not to jump off the interview, but when you when you see that happen, Ashley, do you ever go back to Bell like, hey, you did love them. Uh, do you want to, you know, go through them again to Um, you know, I feel like cuz what happened was the mom it was like a uh, teenage girl. Mm-hmm. So it was really the mom. And the mom was the one, the girl was very quiet during the reveal. And the mom was just like, no. And you could hear it in her voice. She was unhappy Um, or something. You know what I mean? Like I, she just was like, no, no. And then when she called me, when she got the retouched um, prints and, you know, images from the package, her voice sounded like a different person. And so then I was just like, oh, I'm so glad you love them. And she, she was like raving about everything she's like oh my daughter loved you blah 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 and I was like well I hope we can have like a family portrait session in the future so I'm just hoping that like it educated them for the future um but yeah it was definitely one of those things where in hindsight I wonder had I done my normal process of retouching everything first if it would have gone a lot better um so I keep like kind of going back and forth between this unretouched process and the retouch because definitely I save time and money if I don't retouch everything first, unless, of course, you get a total bomb like this. So I love talking to Ben and finding out more about this process because I think it's something I want to personally work on this year and refine and get more confident. I think my pictures are pretty damn good straight out of the camera, but, you know, there's always more to learn. <laughs> yeah, so Ben, I was going to ask you, like, how like when you're shooting tethered, are they able to see it? Like how involved in the process are they during the shooting part? Most of the time they don't see the screen while we're working. Um, I more do it for, for me and for the makeup artist. Um, So she, the makeup artist will often be like right over my shoulder watching the screen. Cause you know, I sometimes, especially in the, the heat of the moment, like, I'll miss a, my hair being out of place or something. So we're, an extra set of eyes is gold. Yeah. Uh, but then at the same time, like if we get something that I know is out of this world and is going to help the client feel more comfortable, I can grab the big screen and turn it around and let them see it. So that then builds confidence in them. So going forward, they, they know we're getting gold. So it's a, I will use it as a tool somewhat. Are you having the, is it like a monitor that you have? Is it right next to you? Um. Yeah. So I have, uh, you know, typically my laptop is close to me. So I, I have that screen and then I have it connected to a 32 inch TV uh, in the space on a rolly stand. 
So, you know, I can move it around as we're moving sets. And then it's that way the makeup artist isn't blocking my screen when we're mm. reviewing. But it's not something where the client is constantly like they're aware that it's there and they're like, oh, let me go check it out. Because I feel like I have some ladies <laughs> who definitely. <laughs> I, I get some who try and go <laughs> you know, playfully. It'll be the ah, da, da, da. You get to see it in a second. You calm down. You calm and then down. they laugh. <laughs> that's funny yeah i think it's all about your energy and how you like control the situation with things like that and you said you had your makeup artist there right next to you to potentially look for something that you might miss is this something where you you trained her to like hey look out for these things look you know or is it just her knowing like okay and hair is out of place um let me go ahead and adjust that before you take your next shot I've worked with the makeup artist team that I'm working with now for like six years or so. So they really know how I work and things that I look for. The the couple of artists on the team that I work with the most know things that make me crazy in post. And so they they just have learned over the years what I'm going to respond to. Um, But yeah, it's at this point, you know, they're they're just a member of the team. They 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 know what the final output wants to be and kind of what we're aiming for. So they just have an eye for it now. Speaking of like styling too, one thing I was wondering when I was looking at your work is because you have this beautiful fine art painterly style, a lot of people are like draped or they're definitely not wearing clothes that I would associate with like modern every day going out like yeah you you don't got people in jeans and <laughs> as far as i saw in this more like painterly oh, look so yeah it's so, like how are you are you providing these kind of like more painterly drapey kind of outfits for them or are you coaching them also i've noticed like the colors are very specific like you know again you you don't seem to have like a, someone in a gold sequins number showing up so um so yeah can you talk a little bit about that like how you could keep it consistent with your style the wardrobe itself sure so like i i will actually shoot jeans and things on people i actually just had a client in a couple weeks ago where she wanted to as she put it um capture both sides of her personality so she wanted to do something very soft with lingerie and kind of a drapey robe. But then she was also like, you know, this leather pants, leather jacket sort of thing. And we shot a much more modern looking vibe. And, you know, it's not that I can't shoot it. I just don't that often. But so I I do shoot other things. Just a lot of times I won't post it on Mm -hmm. my social or on my website um, you know, so that everything stays consistent. I, I think it's really important for when people are shopping to be able to look at my work and go, and they know what they're going to get, you know, yeah. or at least know the foundation. If they ask me for something else, I can certainly let them know if I can do it or not. Um, with a lot of the, a lot of the dresses and things that you see uh, on my feed are the client brings with them. I do have a small wardrobe that I'm slowly growing. Um, there's one of the pieces in my Instagram right now is a, is a costume, uh, piece that I had created, uh, inspired by works of, of artists like Peter Laley, uh, from, from that period. But I don't do a lot of costumey vibes often, you know, it's rare if I do. 
um, you know, with a lot of the boudoir work, it's literally just fabric. You yeah, know, that's I, what I was I, noticing. So do you provide that fabric or? I do. I, I have a couple dressers full of various fabrics here and always looking for interesting colors and textures and things that are going to provide a little bit of depth in the final image. That's very cool. Because, yeah, it definitely feels very, like, even your boudoir work, it, it's not really what I think of when I think of the word boudoir. It's, like, more fine art nude. And it's really beautiful, I think, how it reminds me of, like, paintings where bodies were more voluptuous and curvy and soft and kind of celebrating that. And I think your work does a really beautiful job of, like, celebrating yeah like all the curves of a woman's body and it's not so much like a lingerie in the bed but more like this draping or you had the shot with like pearls down the back which was so beautiful so I love that thank you it's you know and I do shoot you know lingerie on people as well you know and end of the day I shoot what people want to shoot and like I the only reason, and this is going to sound so pretentious and I apologize in advance. (laughs) The only only reason I really even use the term boudoir is because it's a term that people know and people know to, to, yeah, when they go to Google, they're going to look for that as opposed to, you know, fine art, intimate portrait or whatever. Um, You know, so like I, I don't think what I do is boudoir in the, in the modern sense of it not that there's anything wrong with it and there's people who do it beautifully (laughs) it's just not my jam yeah yeah yeah. and I I think that that's what you just said is so key because um I remember like Sue I don't think she does anymore but she used to have this like kind of twitch in her eye whenever someone would say the word boudoir (laughs) she's like ah and um she would sometimes tell me like oh stop using that word in your marketing because your photos are like so much more than that but I would always be like yeah but that's like how people search me like that's how people like a lot of my clients simply come from boudoir photographer near me or Santa Barbara boudoir photographer on Google you know Mm -hmm. so I think that there's a lot of power in that word, even if, yeah, you Warning don't think of yourself. Zero. Yeah. And, and, and I love the idea of like expanding the genre to mean so much more than just a stereotypical, like legs up the wall shot or something. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, so with boudoir, do you sell wall art for that as well? Because um, that's a particular one that seems to always get a lot of, pushback when it comes to wall art for me personally like oh no those photos are private we don't put the naked photo on the wall (laughs) (laughs) you know Uh, I I do absolutely sell large pieces of of boudoir work I've sold 24 by 36s in it up to I did a 40 by 60 a couple months ago so wow yeah so how do you yeah how do you do you get that pushback of like um i mean are all your clients like samantha from sex in the city like we're putting a giant naked photo of me up on the wall or are they just like you know a little nervous about that first part of it comes out is like nobody goes i'm gonna put this in my living room and, <laughs> you know and so no samanthas that, <laughs> right and it's, it's not that we can't create a piece that would work over somebody's fireplace but that's a little bit of a harder sell 
typically the folks who are buying large pieces, large intimate pieces, they already have in mind where they want them to go. So they know it's going to go in a bedroom or, or, or something like that, where it's going to be more privatized just for them and the significant other to enjoy together, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, or enjoy themselves. I've sold portraits to single people as well. Um, So, and I think some people get surprised when they see their work because they, a lot of people don't come into the process fully understanding, or maybe it just hasn't clicked yet that it can be very artistic. And so then Mm -hmm. once they, Mm -hmm. once they see it and they go, Oh, I, you know, and then it clicks, right. It's, you know, it's like what Sue, you know, says frequently and, you know, talking about, you know, some people spend this and some people spend that and you won't know until you see it. It's the same thing until people see it, they don't really know. Um, so that's, so I've, I've been surprised by a few where people go, Oh yeah, that needs to be big and beautifully framed. Okay. Let's do that. (laughs) Find a particular demographic, uh, or is looking for that style of portrait work. Um, that to be put into um, bedrooms, hallways, outer rooms, uh, and if so, what type of look is it? Is it more of a cropped-in detail shot, or more of the drapey, full-body look to it? Uh, it is so far, it has tended to be more of the draped, uh, full-body, you know, type, or three-quarter to full-body type shots, either standing or reclined. Um, demographic wise, uh, it's tip 95% of the time it's, uh, it's been like women in their mid forties to mid fifties. That's really interesting. I like, yeah. it's kind of not, it's kind of what you might think. Cause like in my experience, that demographic is the demographic that spends the most and has the most disposable income. So yes, that tracks, but then on the other hand, it may not be what everyone thinks of as like an age where you might be like yes we're putting the nakey photo up but i love that i think it's fabulous (laughs) and and what's been cool is like a lot of the women who've done like they they have a lot of them have been through things or what and they they have come into their strength and their power and they're proud of themselves they're proud Mm -hmm. of what they've been through and so it really it really is about celebration um and, and it they feel amazing when they see it. So it's, you know, and yeah. I, I don't know if it's just, if it's an age of maturity thing or, or just a life experience thing, but it, it's always a really um, empowering moment when, or for, for me, well, not even I'm, I'm empowering is the wrong word. It's an exciting moment all the way around when they're like, yep, that's going on my wall. Yay. I love that. That's really, I love that. That is really inspiring. So you said that, people are looking for this particular type of image. Do you ever have a moment where you recommend this subject to someone inquire, someone inquiring about it? Like, you know what? I do do live, you know, excuse me, fine nude portraits. Um, Is that something that you're interested in? Or is that just like out the window and you just allow them to find your work? And if they want to go in that direction, you will do it. And so if I'm understanding the question correctly, you're, you're asking, how do I present that I do shoot nude work? Correct. 
a lot of it is like I don't shy away from showing it uh, on my social media, on my website. Um, you know, um, it's hanging here in the studio. So I think a lot of people don't necessarily know that that a nude is an option, or b that the more artistic style is something um, that they can ha- that that exists that they can have. So it's I have to be proactive about presenting it and getting it out to the world and getting it seen. And then also with my SEO, because a, a lot of people when I'm doing consultations. They'll say, you know, oh, I was, you know, just Googling for, you know, boudoir photographers and I saw your stuff and it looks nothing like anybody else's. Um, but it's, it's just putting it out there. I mean, and if people don't know what exists, they ain't going to buy it. Yeah, I think that's so key. That's what goes back to like, Sue, so show what you want to sell. And it really does work that way. When you show it, people are then aware that it's an option for them and that they want that. Um, We do have a question from Carrie. So Carrie, welcome. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Okay, great. Uh, Great interview. Um, I've been, I checked out your Instagram already. Great stuff. Um, I was wondering a couple things. Um, Do you have like a basic go-to lighting setup for your work? And how, how did you develop your, um, your your editing process after the after the fact great questions uh go to lighting setup it's a, a it's a variation or on what i believe felix calls his signature lighting setup um so you know it's a setup that i've been using for a long time and then i i really tweak it and move it around as need be depending on what the who the subject is, where the light and shadows are falling, what the clothes they're wearing, etc. But that's the foundation. Um, and just to um, interject, that's Felix Kunz's lighting series at the Portrait Masters store. Yes. Yes. Okay. Which is a great course if you all haven't checked it out, do it. Um, so then uh, in the second part of your, your second part, oh, my editing style. Um, it came from, like, I've... <laughs> trial and error over time really um you know like i just kept learning and trying and stumbling over things and going too far with some things and then not going far enough with others and uh i i bounce things off of trusted friends like people whose eyes i trust um yeah alana lee for example gets to the look at a lot of my work before it ever goes out because i i trust her eyeball um, yeah, she's amazing. Shout out to Alana. She's she's an incredible photographer in our community. Yeah, if, if you all haven't checked out all of her stuff, do that as well. Um, but yeah, so it's, you know, it's just trial and error on until I've landed on uh, a workflow that I like. Great. Thank you. Thank you, Carrie. Well, sure. Yeah, thanks, Carrie. Um. So I have another question for you, Ben, which is about pricing psychology or packages, because I really do believe that that can really kind of make or break wall art sales. Um, Do you have any tips for how to go about pricing your, your wall art into packages or, you know, how do you steer people with pricing in that direction? 
So I really don't do wall art packages. Like I, I have an album that I offer and then I have, you know, the collection of, you know, eight by tens or, or what have you. But once we start getting into the bigger prints, I don't package it. it just, it's a la carte at that point. Now, if we get to the end of a sale and I've got to have some room to maneuver, uh, I will, if I need to, mm-hmm. but that's really, really rare. But with that comes, I have to know my numbers and know what my margins are so that I know, like, if I want to keep, you know, my, my cost of goods within a certain range or whatever. Yeah. You know, like knowing your numbers is really important. Yeah. Um, so if you're selling it all a cart, like, do you feel like the album competes at all with the wall art or like, how do you talk someone into getting both? So my album is actually my number one seller. It's the thing that walks out the door the most. Um, but with wall art, I start the sale with wall art. So when, once we do the call the, together, then I'll go through and go, okay, let's talk about what's going on your walls. So that we that part is first. Because if I was to go with the album first and they go, okay, great, I've got 20 images in this album, I'm good. At that, you know, they've put, they go, well, I've got 20, so whatever. So if I start with the wall and do, you know, one, two, three, whatever mm. amount of pieces, then going in the album from there, it's, it's like they can separate what those two things are. In a dream world, and this happens a fair amount, people will buy the wall art, but then put that same image in an album, which is always great because then I'm editing it once and selling it twice. Which yeah. Is, Super That's great. really smart. I really, I love that. I definitely do it the wrong order, which may yeah. account for why I don't sell as many wall pieces as I want. Because <laughs> I definitely get them to do the album first, which is also my number one seller. And then, yeah, it's always this super awkward thing. Like, so you, you want to buy some more stuff? Or <laughs> they're like, no, I'm spending no, thousands you. of dollars. <laughs> I think I'm good. <laughs> But if you're already spending thousands, spend a few thousand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say it's funny that I ha- I don't think I've heard this approach taken by you know people within our community of starting off with wall art. Yeah, neither have oh. I, Kevin. That's why I'm screwing up over here. <laughs> I might have to uh, dig a little deeper into our pricing and how we approach things because yeah, I definitely see how like hey. Let's get that situated first. And once we do, once we fill every single empty hole in your wall space at home, then we can look into potentially an album. You know? Yeah, because what I find happens is then they start, you know, then once they get into the album, like it's, it's easier for them to go, well, I do like that one. Okay, well, I like that one too. And to keep adding into the album, where to, where to keep adding on to the wall is more difficult. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, I think that's really like, I'm going to try that because that seems really game changing to me because for sure, like what happens for me is I can sell the big album, you know, with 30 images or whatever in it. But then they're like, well, now I've got my 30 images. They're my favorite images. I already have this. So like, why am I going to then add it to the wall? And it's just such like a awkward on my end conversation because I kind of feel like they've already committed to this big package and now I'm trying to push more on them and it's an image they've already put in their album so I really like this like reset of reframing it to wall art first 
you know, and this is just kind of an aside of a, a goofy thing that I do when I'm working, when we're actually in the shooting space, uh, creating images is when I shoot something that I love and I see it, you know, and I'll tell them like, Oh, that one's going on the wall. So I plant that seed. And if we're getting a lot that I know that are going on the wall, and this is stupid dad joke all day long, you know, I get into these like, okay, I have a number of a great contractor so you can build more walls because you're going to need them. (laughs) The laugh, but it, you know, it's, it's all that seed planning going in, going, this is going up. Another thing that I do that helps with my wall sales uh, is I've partnered with a framer locally so I can let them know. It's like, no, if you go to, my partner framer you're going to get a discount on your framing and so that helps them They're like oh well discounts great so they that helps them yeah um, i was going to ask you about framing and you've a bit answered the question because i was going to ask if there was a a vendor you use but so you're selling these images matted canvas like how are how are you delivering them and then what how are you educating them on what they have to do next? So all of my larger prints, I just do standard matte paper uh, mounted, you know, dry mounted to either polystyrene or gator foam, depending on the size. I use Bay Photo. Um, so my, my framer can dry mount things, but it's easier for Bay to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times if it's a larger piece, and I know that my client is going to use my framer. When the prints come in, I just take them straight to the framer for them. So the last thing I want to do is send them home with their prints, and they're going to and they go, yeah, 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 we're going to frame them at mm-hmm. some point. And then they sit in the closet and they never go up on the wall. It's like, mm-hmm. no, your work hanging in your house not only brings you joy, it's marketing for me when your friends come over. So get it on the wall. Um, so it's, yeah, I have no problem driving things to the framer. And if people need me to pick it up from the framer and get it to their house, I'm happy to do it. And do you have a hanging service that you provide as well? Or is that on them? If people need things hung, uh, I will do it. Uh, frankly, it's, I, I don't trust other people. So um, I, I've seen too many bad things happen. So um, my, my family comes from, uh, my, my stepdad's family owned an interior design store. Oh, so wow. we did a, we did a lot of hanging of portraits in clients' homes. Uh, and we, we know a few different tricks and things to keep things from getting crooked or whatever. So. And what about, um, you had mentioned lighting the portraits, which, oh my gosh, so stunning when people do that. I don't do that in my studio. Like, I, I wouldn't even know where to begin with lighting up the portraits. Like, can you talk a little bit about that process? Do you sell that stuff to your clients? Do you just educate them on where to buy it? Or do they have to get an electrician? Like, how does all that work? Great question. So as of right now, if it's a light that is, that's going to mount to the frame, uh, like the ones that you see, hey, if you, if you see the front of my studio on Instagram or whatever, those are just mounted to the frame with a you know and then there's a cord that runs down the wall Mm. Um, so if we're doing it that way i can recommend uh fixtures to people um and there's a shop in town that sells some beautiful ones i i keep meaning to and it's sitting on my dry erase board next to me to get in touch with a manufacturer and try to become a reseller myself so i can just sell them out of here um if they're going to go with those kind of lights i do recommend 
that they get an electrician and have a recessed plug put in behind their artwork so -hmm. that they don't have a cable hanging down the wall. Um, If it's a really large piece and depending on the house and if it's going to be somewhere permanent, then I will recommend in ceiling fixtures to people. Um, A lot of like what you see in museums where there's uh, adjustable uh, lighting heads on the ceiling where they can light a full piece because a a really big piece might take two or three lights to fully light it. Okay. Wow. Yeah. This is a lot. (laughs) Yeah. That's really cool though. I mean, I think it's so, so gorgeous and really once you make that investment in the portrait, you want to go all the way with it and really show it off and make it look epic. Absolutely. Yeah. It's back to the whole idea of if you treat it like it's special, it's special. So if you were just to go throw something in a dark corner and never looked at it and it never brought you joy, then what's the point? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry, Kevin, you go. <laughs> no, I wanted to ask, you, you said that um, you're, you're planting the seeds of the uh, of having these portraits on the wall during the session. You know, hey, this would really look good here, or you're going to have to build out uh, more walls uh, to, to fit everything. Are you, is that when you're planting the seed of portraits, you talk about it prior, um, in the consultation, like, Hey, are you a wall person or is that just completely out of the the question or are you really potentially selling it to them in the, the order session? I mean, excuse me, in the reveal, do you ever print out like a huge wall print and like, Hey, you know, this would look really nice. And has that to be a, an upsell possibly? And we, we absolutely, like in the consultation, we absolutely talk about how they plan on enjoying their art, whether they are more, you know, wall art people or, you know, is it a book or, or what have you. Um, a lot of times if people say to me, they're like, eh, maybe something for the wall. I don't know. Then I'll go ahead and go through the great. I'm going to send you this link uh, so that you can send me your walls so that we can look at things. So it's, you know, unless they just flat out tell me, no, I'm never going to hang anything on a wall, uh, then then I will find way. I I will be pre-selling wall art beforehand. Um, you know, I, I every moment that I'm with them is a closing opportunity. So I I try to take those without being um, pushy or, you know, I, I know a lot of people are afraid of sounding salesy. So it's, I'm the, the old term in the, in the sales industry is, you know, it's the ABC always be closing. So that's what I'm doing the entire time I'm with them. Um, so that when we actually do get to the sales room, the sales pretty much done. They just have to figure out which pieces they want. Yeah. I think that that's one of those things too, that I always say is like a good reveal, like, really should be kind of fast, easy, and a done deal at that point because hopefully they've been educated about everything all the way through that it's just letting the images speak from for themselves at that point. And I feel like that's what Sue teaches us to do so well, which is like a game changer and such a reminder to like always have your system in place and no matter how many years you've been in business, just if things are like, not working, go back to the very basics of the system. Yeah. And, and things can change. And, you know, I, as I've spoken about here, when I first started doing portrait sales, I was a reveal wall guy. 
and you know, and I was doing okay with it. But for for me personally, in how I work, it wasn't gelling. So I had to shift and adapt to yeah. land on my sales system. Um, you know, not that one is better than the others, but it's you just have to. Each salesperson has to figure out what ultimately works for them and it's going to be the most profitable. Yeah. And just to clarify what I meant by like going back to the basics is just going back to the basics of like asking that direct question in the consultation. How do you want your images? How do you want your artwork when this is all said and done? You know, I think people can get really afraid to be that direct in the early stages. And even myself, I've been doing this for gosh so long now, but it's still a reminder to me to like, don't be afraid to just ask. And if, you know, things like, like with that one woman, maybe like if I look back on it, maybe I didn't ask her enough in the early, like maybe I thought I did, but maybe I got a little lazy and didn't like, you know what I mean? So I think it's just so crucial to, to go back and ask all those questions of your client. Like, how do you want your images and be planting those seeds during the photo shoot? Like you said, Absolutely. And I keep forgetting that like this is all audio and I'm sitting over here nodding like you can all see me. It's like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's just just audio for now. <laughs> uh, we are just- ben, I wanted to ask you once you've had that consultation and once you um determine whether they want wall art, you shoot in a specific manner afterwards to be all like okay this would be a fantastic look is there something a specific direction you make your your art go to to really sell it to them and and create like a wow piece for them if i know there's like a wall in their space that you know where i go okay like this wall is a, a big landscape orientation piece is gonna work there then I'll shoot a few more of those and really try to get a few more wow factor or, you know, the, the old over the fireplace, you know, if, if there's, is like, okay, well that one is going to have to be portrait orientation. So I do keep those things in mind, but then I also will try to keep in mind of going, okay, so in this room, a huge piece may not work. So I may need to try to shoot groupings. And so I, I do try to keep their house in, in my brain while I'm working. But at the same time, I don't let it completely dictate either for is, you know, cause they might move someday. So just because it works on that wall right now, doesn't mean it's going to work, you know, 10 years from now. Mm-hmm. Um, one question I wanted to ask you, Ben, is for the photographers who want to get into selling more Wall art, such as myself, what is like the number one crucial piece of advice you would say to start implementing right away? Show it and keep it keep it around where your clients are going to be, and and really start normalizing it as much as you possibly can. It's it. I think we're in a phase right now in in portraiture where there's still the idea of if I hang any personal things in my home that are big, people are going to think I'm stodgy or vain or Mm -hmm. people just aren't comfortable with it right now, the way that they would have been, you know, a hundred years ago, 200 years ago, what have you. So I think it becomes our job to, to normalize it again and go, no, this isn't strange. This is, this just is. And, you know, 
you know, I talk to people a lot too, especially when we're talking wall art and be like, look, in 50 years, nobody's going to go, hey, did you get dad's Instagram account? Mm-hmm. You know, but they will go, I, that portrait's coming with me. Um, you know, I know like my family, like we, we have some of my stepdad's great, great, great grandparents painted portraits hanging in my parents' home now. Oh, you know, wow. those things have survived through generations. And so I, I try to show that and I talk about it, but it's, I think the more that we can show it and that it is okay, it's not strange. It doesn't make you an oddball to want those things. The, the more people will believe us really. And, and they'll start, they're more likely to buy it. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I have like family picture, like portrait pictures um, of people who I actually don't know who they are, but I do know that they're somehow related to me because it's so many generations ago. And but like, I'm never getting rid of those pictures, you know, because it's like, who has that many generations of like family portraits? So I still have them, even if I can't exactly tell the story of who that person was or exactly how I'm related to them. But I do think it's such a special heirloom to know that I have like generations on my grandmother's side of family portraits. And I I love the idea that we can communicate that to our clients and remind them that like they can exist for generations too. And particularly wall portraits, because no one gets rid of a framed print, you know, like that's just, it's not going to go in the garbage. So have you done like Instagram, you know, reels or TikToks or anything about those portraits? I need to do more about wall portraits. I do a lot about albums and folio boxes. This is definitely my comfort zone, but yeah, I need to get those family portraits out in, uh, and honestly, I I have them. They aren't on my wall. We have a tiny Santa Barbara condo um, th- that has like windows all along one side. So we truly don't like I feel like people say I don't have wall space. Like we don't have wall space. We truly don't have wall space. <laughs> we truly don't have wall space. Um, and I, my I grandma had a lot of pictures. So, yeah, right. <laughs> no open floor plan for you, Ashley. Just cubicles all around your house. Um, but <laughs> but yeah. So I have them in a closet, which is horrible. But I have them, and your like man's worst nightmare. I, <laughs> that, that, that's why they make easels, so you can totally get easels. And you know, it's, there's ways. Yeah. So, yeah. So I do need to dig them out and figure out what I'm going to do with them. But they used to be in my grandmother's house. Um, She had a whole hallway, like a long hallway. And they were on both sides of that hallway, like all up and down. And they're not huge. They're probably like mostly around like 11 by 14 size. And some of them are like circles. But it's very cool. I wish... um. The pencil uh, notes on the back made more sense to me about who the people were, so I could cherish them more. But I, I still cherish knowing that, that it's family history. Absolutely. Oh, and and back to the kind of normalizing it. Once upon a t- uh, of having large portraits, and a, a couple of years ago, it wasn't uncommon for clients to say to me, "You know, oh, am I going to show up on your Instagram?" And now what they say is, am I going to get a space on the wall in your studio? So like even that little shift, like they're starting to visualize themselves in frames means Mm -hmm. that 
it's it's starting to work. Like people are starting to go, okay, I want to be art. Yes. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Well, Ben, we have hit the one hour mark. And this, this talk has been an absolute pleasure. And we're so thankful to have you on. Um, but before we let you go, can you go and share your social media and where people can find you? Absolutely. Uh, on Instagram, I am at Ben Markham Photo. Uh, on TikTok, I think I'm just at Ben Markham. Like I'm, I'm, I'm doing TikTok experiments right now. Like I'm <laughs> really getting into it. So because, well, we all know what's happening with Meta. So you know, got to. And surprisingly, I've been booking clients off of TikTok, but that's a whole other conversation. Yay! Um, so those those are the places I'm most active right now. Uh, my website is just BenMarkham.com. Fantastic. Uh, everyone, please, please, please be sure to go follow Ben and make sure to follow the portrait system on Instagram and on Facebook as well. Also, be sure to check out the blog posts that are associated with our Clubhouse interviews at SueBriceEducation.com forward slash blog. Uh, you can follow Ashley on Instagram at Ashley Taylor Portrait. That is A-S-H-L-E-I-G-H. And you can find me there as Poplight underscore photography. If you are a member of the portrait system and you have a question for Ben, Ashley, or myself, please go tag us at the portrait system members only Facebook group. Uh, and if you are not a member of the portrait system, you are interested in learning more about how it can help your business succeed, reach out to Ella on our support team by emailing support at SueBriceEducation.com. Thank you again for joining us and hope you can join us next week. Thanks again for listening today. And don't forget, you can listen to either me or our special guests every Friday on Clubhouse at 11 a.m. Pacific. Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 90-Day Startup Challenge plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business, lighting PDFs. I mean, truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com.